As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to 2004 Podcast Odyssey Slash Film Club. Today we are covering 1920, 1979's Tarkovsky's, Andrei Tarkovsky's Stopper. Um, yeah, dude, uh, it's crazy they had the budget for this type of film in the Great Depression. The, uh, we're moving past it. Okay. I'm not going to allow you to work on this. All right. <laughs> we're just going to move past it, all right? Um, are you proud of me? Understanding <laughs> history enough to make that one? Mm. <clears throat> Sure. Okay. All right. It's a movie about a man uh, named John Stocker, <laughs> a man who uh, whose job is to lead people to a alien <coughs> site, alien site, uh, a site where site. yeah, where some some debris from space landed on yeah. planet Earth and is like infected with some sort of power uh, called the zone. Yeah. That's uh, a Russian film. Mm-hmm. Um, his job, people who lead people to the zone are called stalkers. I guess because they like stalk the zone, right? To creep, something like that. I guess, yeah. Um, uh, it's a dangerous job. Yeah. The zone is dangerous. And the zone seems to have these weird rules, too. Yeah. Like a stalker is only meant to lead people to the zone. Yeah, not to do it themselves. Well, no, maybe maybe I'm missing the, the separation from the zone and... Can we talk about the room? Yeah. The room. I mean, the, the room's in the zone. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you mean? I'm saying, because he leads people to the room. Yes. In the zone. Yes. He, he's not leading people... I said he leads people to the zone. He leads people to the room, which is in the center of the zone. Yes. Um, and the room is a place within the zone where one's deepest, most inner desires will come true. Yes. Um, and the beauty of that is you don't know what those inner desires are the beauty and the, the thing that scares people yeah that you don't know what that is yeah so it scares people about other people getting their <clears throat> wishes having their wishes come true in the room yeah there's a but the zone I mean the stalker's job yeah is to lead people through it they have to know the area yeah they have to like just make sure it's safe yeah uh they also have to um it's you have to do it, but, like, not go in yourself. 
because the last person that did it before, our camera stalker that the film follows, uh, was a guy named Porcupine. Yeah. Just call him Porcupine. Yeah, he was prickly. Yeah, he was a prickly guy. Prickly yeah. sort. Who, whose brother died when he let him there. Mm-hmm. And then he went into the room and became rich. His innermost desire was to be rich. Yeah. But, you know, after getting having a wish come true, but his brother died in the process, caused him to commit suicide. Yeah. Um, within like five days. Yeah. Yeah. The zone, the room had actually told me within five days, you will be rich. <laughs> but you will also be dead. Boo ha ha! And he's like, no, I won't. Literally, no. He's going to commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah. And who gave him the rope? The zone. Yeah. Um, also, saying the zone in the room sounds like, like a Dave and Buster's type place. <laughs> like the room is where all the pinball machines and, and the arcade games are downstairs or in the middle of the place or whatever. I guess. And, uh, and the, the zone is the name of the place. Okay. <laughs> it's the name of the restaurant. We can get expensive, bad for you food. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Um, they have calzones in the zone. Don't don't do puns. Okay. It's not what I'm doing with this riff. Don't do puns. Just <laughs> angered me. <laughs> no, man, Jesus. Um. So, do you? <clears throat> so, not only do you have to be led there because yes. you have to be literally led there. Yes, um, you also have to be eighteen. No, we don't know. We don't know who the age limit on some is. Yeah, I don't know. We don't. We don't have a clue. You um, have to be a middle-aged balding man or yeah. ball. Yeah. Um. That's so. Our main are. What? Is our main characters are. <clears throat> yeah, they're all they're all bald. Yeah. Uh, George Costanza, so Larry David. <laughs> Kramer towards the end. That is a Russian woman hair thing. <laughs> that is not bald. She's not tall. Oh, she's just trying to be a babushka. No, it's just, that's like a traditional version. Okay, right, I know. But, uh, so I, so what I'm trying to say is, <clears throat> there's also, the zone is sentient in a, in a facet, right? Like, it knows the desire. The room the, is, yes. The room does? Yes. I, think, well, I don't no. think the zone and the room are the same. Well, yeah, but, like, don't, didn't the stalker say something about how you have to, like, like if it <clears throat> wants you to die, you'll die. Like it sees good and evil, right? What doesn't the zone like see good and evil? Good. Good what? Good and evil. You said you you were talking really. <laughs> good and evil. Okay. Good <clears throat> and evil. All right. Speak clearly. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying good and evil. You said good and evil. <laughs> you said good and evil. Good and evil. That's what you Good said. Evil. You said like four times. Good and evil. 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 <laughs> but uh, good and evil, right? Because doesn't he say that to the writer? Um. In the sandy room. In the Zen garden room. The it might it might be sentient. Or were they already kind of in the room? No. Okay. They don't go into the room. Okay. They're in the zone. They never went into the room. Okay. We only see we see them from the perspective of the room outside of it. It's like yeah. one of the final shots of the film. Okay. But they don't go in the room. No. Okay. 
Um, Anyways, the premise is the stalker meets with two other guys. Yes. A writer. Yes. Who feels like he's lost his inspiration for writing. Yeah. And a uh, scientist who feels like, who claims that the reason he wants to go to the zone in the room is so he can uh, win the Nobel Peace Prize. Well, Nobel Prize, sorry. For like science or whatever. Oh, is that like his, that's what he says his innermost desire is? That's what he says, yeah. That's what he says, that's what he wants to do. Yeah. But they, they go there, mm. and it turns out the the scientists wanted to bomb the place. He wanted to destroy the room so it couldn't give evil people their wish. Yeah. And um, for whatever reason, uh, and I guess because there was a building there, I thought that he worked at the building. No, nobody uh, works in the zone. <clears throat> well, I think. Part of this for me, like, and I think uh, you probably understood this midway through when we were talking about it, <clears throat> I kind of got a little bit of a misunderstanding of this just based on the fact that you told me um, that everywhere they filmed was, like, radioactive. Not everywhere they filmed, but, <clears throat> but some of the places. places. Yeah. yeah, and they ultimately got cancer and a bunch of people died. Yes. For because the... of the radiation. Yes. <laughs> so part of me, like, the whole time was like, oh, is this part of, like, the Russian nuclear... Like push that they had. Like, is this part of? Is this a cultural take? Is this a? I don't know. I don't think it's that. I think it's more philosophical and and word leaning thing. Yeah. Um. And and ultimately, what are your innermost desires? Yeah. And and how can you ever be sure that what you want is not like some evil shit? Yeah. And like, ultimately, I really don't know what to take of the stalker. The character or the movie? The character. Yeah. Because, like, he seems tormented. Yes. But why? Beyond, like, that's just who his character is. Like, but, like, why? Is he tormented by the room? He's tormented. Or is it because he's, like, the catalyst for potential horrible things? No, I think he wants to help people. He wants... That's where yeah, he takes people yeah, to the room. Yeah, he explains that. Exactly. Explicitly. He genuinely wants to help people. Okay. But nobody ever believes that they can actually... Believes that... Like, apparently nobody's ever won women there. With oh. So nobody goes to the room. No one has the faith to believe in themselves <clears throat> that the room will actually give them what they want. Without, uh, like, massive con- consequences. Yeah. And so... But and people also, have, he's like, died on their way to the room. Yes. And he's also, yeah. like, gone to jail... Or taking people to the room. Yeah. But like it's kind of left his life in a He's almost like Frodo. Or not Frodo, uh Well Frodo kinda like Frodo, except Frodo only took that journey once. He didn't take it a bunch of times <laughs> over and over again willingly. Uh, I'm not not Frodo, but the the little like freaky looking dude that takes the ring. Gilgamesh? Nope, stop it. <laughs> that, that's the dude from the Smurfs. Smurfs, isn't it? Nope. Gilgamesh? Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh is a character from like a, <clears throat> one of the history's oldest stories. Oh, okay. Books. Rumpelstiltskin? Stiltskin? No, stop. Okay. <laughs> Let me look this up so I can remember. <clears throat> Lord of the Frames. What's his name? What is his name? Gim? No. Not Gimli. Ghibli? Stop. Gibby? Hit. Uh, Gollum. God Gollum. damn it. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, well, no, well he's, not, like he's not like Gollum. Because <clears throat> Gollum saw the ring and it went crazy. Okay. <laughs> like murdered his <clears throat> best friend immediately. Uh, okay. That's, he's not evil. <clears throat> it's more like Frodo. Uh-huh. You were kind of right with okay. Frodo. It's, okay. a, it's more apt comparison. So, <clears throat> is it because nobody has faith in themselves to do good? Yes. Um, Which is, like, that probably drags the spirit down. Yeah, but why doesn't he go in? Does he not believe in himself either? He might not. <clears throat> and do you think but he wants other people to go in there and prove, mm-hmm. maybe. But also, he's, has he ever seen it happen? Does he know the room is real? Because not only is there he, faith in the yourself... The person that trained him, Porcupine got okay. what he wanted. Yeah, alright. So he does believe. Yeah, I think. Okay. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and I guess there's not only faith in yourself, but faith in the room. Yeah. Um... But they have it protected. So, like, is the room the core reason why? Or is it just because it's dangerous? It could be both. <clears throat> it does seem like the zone is genuinely dangerous to be in. Yeah. Which is why the military has people protecting it. Yeah. Well, like, they throw the... Because there's traps. Yes. And he said that the traps are changing. So that's, like, what... Uh, the stalker says that the yeah. traps are, like, ever-changing. And that's, like, part of why I brought up the sentience. Yeah. There's like a, it knows, and it will let certain people kind of make their path to it, because it knows that they may do good, potentially, right? Maybe. Um, But it's kind of left in the air. Yeah. And it's a movie. This movie does not offer you anything definitive, really. It doesn't offer too much definitive anything. And I love that, honestly, but... This film's lovely. Yeah. <clears throat> I I didn't know what to think of this film. And then just like about 15 minutes in, I'm, it, it got me with its <clears throat> cinematography. It's a beautiful film. Both in the sepia uh, sequences and in color. Yep. It's beautifully shot. These places are just as disgusting and run down and wet. Literal Muddy. urban decay. Yeah. Um... As they are, smoke and poison and just lovely, yeah, beautiful, gorgeous film. Yeah. Um. Oh my God! In the sepia, like I, I don't think I've ever seen a film in sepia. Yeah. And I enjoyed that a whole lot. Yeah. Um. It's a lovely medium, and it makes everything have that like hue to it that like uh, almost like it's on like paper. Right? Like old-timey paper. Yeah. Um, and, and we mentioned sepia. So the... I don't know if there's a definitive answer for, like, the real world. Like, outside of the zone. But everything outside of the zone is filmed in sepia, except for sequences where... Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov 
slash careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We see Monkey. Yep. The stalker's daughter. Yep. Um, and I think that, well, because the stalker's daughter is, uh, she's in some what in some way, like, disabled by her having been born close to yeah. the zone. Yeah. So I think so I, I think that the stalker was originally from the area where the zone became. Yeah. Because it happened twenty years, give or take, prior to the happenings of the film, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so the stalker, yeah, it definitely seems, you know, about that age or whatever and he was there when it happened, right? So his genetic his genes are mutated. And those mutated genes went into his daughter. Um, do we talk about the, the what we see at the end at this point? As um, bringing the daughter out, we're kind of we're kind of rushing to do this, but so sure, yeah. <clears throat> Monkey, his daughter, um, she moves. She seemingly moves to uh, glasses across the table mm-hmm. with her mind. Yeah. By staring hard, intensely at them, watching them move. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a so at the beginning of the film, we kind of we kind of begin the film, sort of the or we end the film with the same thing happening that sort of starts the film, right? Yes. The train coming by their house, yep. shaking their house. Yeah. Um, and she does this right before the train comes through. And rattles everything. Yeah. Right? So it's like at the same time she knocks the uh, uh, glass off completely. Yeah. She moves one close to the edge and then just wants to move the other. And uh, <clears throat> yeah. And for a poor family, it's kind of crazy they have granite countertops. You know. Maybe normal for that time. <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's an area. Russia. Yeah. Also, a babushka is the thing she has around her head. Oh, that's what that's called? Yes. Oh, okay. It's also a name for a Russian grandmother. It is? Yes. Okay. Which came first? I don't... I, I, I imagine Russian grandmothers wore it around their head, and they started calling them babushkas because their babushkas wore them. Yeah. Or it could be the other way around. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's also a name of a great Kate Bush song. <laughs> Babushka. Yeah. Oh, okay. Babushka. Uh, what? Oh, okay. Okay. I was you trying to know the song, so don't. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to do it to the tune of um, "Running Up That Hill." Yeah, but it's a genuine song. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So. Let's see here. Let me go through my notes. Um. It's a. She's telepathic, and I think that that's why we see. Um, sequences with her in color is because she represents 
like the good of the zone, right? Like, yeah. potentially. It, it's all up in the air. She's the first mutant in this world. Mm-hmm. So, and this is like, this, this film is set before the events take place in the X-Men universe. Yeah. So, you know, eventually Charles Xavier will be born. He'll start the X-Men <laughs> okay, academy. Okay, all right. Yeah, so people <clears throat> like her will be protected. Okay, so, like, they're in Russia, so at some point she, like, migrates to the UK. Yeah. And has, like, a, meets a nice man, and then they have a kid who then migrates to the US. Is there a Russian... I'm trying to think of a Russian X-Men right now. Juggernaut. Juggernaut, Russian? I have no clue. Also, there, that's the... Juggernaut might be a mutant or something. He's somebody's brother, I think. Yeah, but Juggernaut's on the opposite side of the X-Men, right? Yeah, he's a villain. Shit. What is that? What is the the antagonist for the X-Men called? Um, which one do you mean? The group? <clears throat> yeah, what's the group called? I can't remember. Like, I know there's Magneto, who's, like, the head of their main group, but, like... Of their villain group? Yeah. The main villains? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Colossus is Russian. That's it. Colossus, Colossus. the big metal man. No clue. This dude. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Looks like a fucking Russian soldier, I guess. Um, so, what do you have in your notes? <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so, who stopped the rider from moving forward? What do you mean? Didn't something yell at, didn't somebody yell at the rider? When they're in the zone? Yeah, like when he goes off without them. And they tell him, somebody tells him to stop. But it's neither, because they ask each other who told him to stop. I don't know. That might be one of those. The room or the zone? Those questions the movie's Mm -hmm. putting out there. Um, the professor, so most of this, I mean, at least half the film is just the journey to the room. Yes. Um, and so they the, real, to, the real room was the friends they made along the way. <laughs> I don't think these people ever want to talk about. It doesn't yeah. really seem like these people are going to ever hang out. I don't think, but Stalker doesn't seem to like those guys. But yeah, by the end, the yeah. Trip, those guys were, you know, the writer punched him in the face and... <laughs> And, uh, I mean, they're at the same bar at the end of the movie, but I don't think they're going to hang out. Yeah. Um, it's not like a f- new friend group. <laughs> uh, so they sneak. They, uh, obviously, the government has some involvement there, has some shit there. And I don't think there's any stuff there. I think they're just aware that it's, like, dangerous. So they don't want people going there. Oh, so they just block the only path to it? Yes. And then... They sneak into whatever government facility, the the blockade or the block whatever blocks that, yeah. and they sneak around. Yeah. They sneak around and find a way to get on those train tracks. Yeah, and they find they like let a uh, train track thing go. It's like a, a small little train car. Yeah, thing. Sure. And uh, they let it go. How the fuck do they get back? It's never addressed. Yeah. They just walk it? I assume so. I guess. A long hike. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't have any idea how long they're gone. 
Nope. Uh, in the zone, it's at I mean, least this movie's, a night. This movie's about th- almost three hours long. Yeah. So I assume... I want you to assume that shit just... They want you to feel how long the shit to get there took mm-hmm. and how long it's going to take to probably get back as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's the only one that comes like ultimately like really prepared <clears throat> is the professor. Yeah. Has like a thermos and sandwiches and shit. Yep. Um, and he sets up the tent. <clears throat> He's got the bear spray and the... <laughs> In the do like, a circle on the ground. Yep. So the sea bears can't get him. And he uh he got the the off the spray on his skin. He's got D V. What? He's got V. What's that? V. It's a type of bug spray. Okay. That I think is illegal outside of Australia. We got the. How do you know about it? Then? Uh, you ever been to Australia? The the girlfriend. Yeah. Should be talking about. Yeah, she's been in Australia. Bug sprays? <laughs> yeah, she's been in Australia. Has she been in Australia? Yeah. Oh, shit, when? Uh, I don't know, like, four or five years ago. I uh, want to go to Australia. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Australia. I mean, yeah, they're a horribly racist country. Yeah. But, like, I want to go to a lot of other countries. Yeah. I don't... Re- why? How do you know? Do you uh, want to travel? <laughs> well, no, just Australia is, like, a big deserty beach. Okay. You know, it's like hot. That's like my main thing about it. It's oh, just yeah, you don't like hot yeah. areas. I mean, I'm I go not, to a hot area. I'm not a huge fan of the beach. I get it, but like, I don't know. You don't want to be king of the beach? No, I don't want to be king of the beach. Yeah. Um, I uh, don't want to kick sand in people's faces. Um, you think you're going to do that? <clears throat> you don't have to do it. <laughs> you go to the beach. Yeah. Uh, so you go see a geek and just be feel, feel compelled to yeah. kick him mm-hmm. to take his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a geek. They don't have girlfriends. Hmm? I'll kick sand into his ice cream. Nah, geeks have girlfriends. You know, nerds is cool now, right? Oh yeah, it's in the zeitgeist. Um. <clears throat> so, the professor is like really freaking out about that rucksack. Too. And I guess that's kind of to get you to like concentrate on it a little because yeah. of the bomb yep. towards the end. And uh, that was a bomb there. Yeah. Uh, they he also calls it a fucking soul meter at first, and I like I was. was I think right. the writer called it a soul meter. A soul meter. A soul. Yeah. The writer called it a soul meter. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Did he know? They're all all three of them are like well, two of them are bald. And then the... One's balding. Yes. Like, uh... Stalker... Stalker just has short hair. Mm-hmm. He's not bald. Yeah. But the... Like, I feel... Like the writer and the professor are kind of are both bald. Yeah. So... Um... I don't... I'm pretty sure it was the writer. Though I could be wrong, because they're both bald. So I thought they... Because I, like, was writing notes. I was like, oh, what a fucking... We're taking a turn here. Soul meter... And I was like, all right, we'll see where this goes. And then he's yeah. like, I thought the writer was like, oh, it's a bomb. No. Thinking it was a joke. No. Oh, okay. Okay. So he says it's a soul meter. Yeah. And is that like a joke? The, the writer? Or does the writer believe that? <laughs> so, I think he's, think he's joking. Do you think he knows it's a bomb? No. <laughs> oh, okay. He, when the writer, find, when the professor <clears throat> finally tells him it's a bomb, he's uh, like, you're joking, right? Yeah. He didn't believe it was a bomb. Oh, okay. No. Okay. 
But do you think he was your, you're about to be a good soul leader? Yeah, probably. Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, the writer... He's the biggest jerk on the t- <clears throat> Yeah, he yeah. kind of sucks. Like, I, like, I get the, you know, the archetype. I get the, the character type. Dude's just suffering from writer's block and is kind of a dick about it. To yeah, else. and it's like, these people, they want more from yeah. me. All they want is me. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, they just want my, my art. Also, he tries to break a girl. Bring that girl up again oh, yeah. that he doesn't even know. And he's just like, yeah, let's go to the zone. Yeah. That's so fucking weird. What? Go to the zone with somebody random like that. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's why, like, I forgot all about this, honestly, until you just brought it up, but I guess that's why Stalker is just like, no, fuck you. This no, is stupid. I, this is, the zone's dangerous. Yeah. And I agree to take some people there. Yeah. You can't just bring randos along. There's yeah. no hangers on, there's no plus ones when you go into the zone. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I don't know this person. Also, yeah. she didn't pay me. Yeah. You know? Pretty sure it's a job. Yeah, he probably gets paid to do it. Yeah, so. yeah, that's like his main thing. That's all he can offer his wife. Yeah. Because he went to jail, too. He's been to prison. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and that's probably preventing him from finding, like, a normal job. So yeah. he just takes people to the zone. No, what? No, I'm pretty sure he went to jail for the zone. Oh, okay. He probably could find a normal job, but he he insists on doing this stock. Okay. <clears throat> that the stuff it's a it's a soul calling for him it's a okay. calling for him it's not just okay. the job it's what he wants to do okay that's why she's at, at the beginning of the movie yeah when he says I'm going to the zone yeah and she's like don't go you you got you got me you got the you got our daughter don't yeah. go yeah and then she's crying and wiping around on the floor <clears throat> and it's like I guess like his struggle is like this want for a better world but not knowing how to do anything about it yeah and he feels like he believes this the is his is, thing yeah this like he can facilitate others he can make others happy by bringing yeah. them to the zone um it's a fascinating film because you have so much to question about yeah because like imagine being obsessed with it so much so to like risk your life and take others there yeah when you yourself won't do it. Yep. And nobody does it either. So it's maddening that nobody makes it into the fucking yep. room. And <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's a So overall, do you think it was worth these people dying to make this film? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Fuck. No. No. They shouldn't have filmed. They shouldn't have filmed. Dangerous nuclear sites and power plants and shit. Shit. You could go to other places and find that shit. This honestly... The, the beautiful shots that are actually just poison, that, that yeah. is actually just pollution that they were filming. Oh my god, the fucking like weird sand with yeah. the water underneath it. Yeah. Or whatever the hell. That was just like poison. Yeah. That, that was just being pumped into the water. Fluffy, gross. Yeah. This frothy shit. Yeah. Um, gorgeous, though. God yeah. damn, it just... Like, Good looking movie. You couldn't make something like that, I don't think. You know what I'm saying? Like, you couldn't make an artificial set like that. Maybe you could. <laughs> Maybe nowadays. Yeah. I feel like probably 1978, 79? No. Probably not. Even with the biggest budgets, man, I, I think it would be difficult. I think it would be difficult. I don't know. We're talking... Bro, this movie had, like, Rob Zombie levels of grind, too. What? Rob Zombie? Yeah, I know. Like, in, in his films. They're grimy and dirty and gross. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's similar looking, right? Maybe. A little bit. I don't know. Um, I do... And I, I feel like you're going to hate me for this, but, like, I do think... Nah, anything you say could anger me in any moment. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> what I'm going to say is, like... Let me just pose a question to you. How do you feel about this film being remade? Are you going to do it? No. <laughs> Who's making it? Tell me. Is Disney doing it? <laughs> Disney did it. That'd be wild, actually. Yeah, the Russo brothers are doing Stalker. <laughs> uh, fucking bring the other Cohen out of retirement. They do a Stalker TV series. Oof. Cheap. Like, like two months of work for CGI for it. And it looks like absolute shit anyways. Um, and they're, like, making jokes. Like, <clears throat> so, what are you saying? <laughs> Like the room does what? I'm like, oh. I don't know. Uh, this is a I'm trying to make fun of the way characters talk in Marvel movies. God damn it. Uh, okay. Keep up. <laughs> ah, bro, I, start, I said the Coen brothers. Like, I thought you were. Did you say the Coen brothers? I said the Coen brothers. Is that who you wanted to direct it? Or you, no, that was a Were you doing a different riff? That was a different riff. It doesn't make sense, though. But yeah, well, I, don't, I didn't know who the director you were talking about. The Russo brothers? Yeah. They're the guys that have directed multiple like Marvel movies. What about uh, Taka Watiti? Doing the soccer? Doing soccer, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen Door, Love, and Thunder, but <clears throat> um, people aren't very happy with it. You know, I wouldn't be against Tarantino doing it. Honestly. I don't think anybody should do this movie. <laughs> I think it could be done, though. I think that there are like similar feelings about the world today, you know, like it ultimately in the world today takes everything you got. Well, there's a bar in this movie that kids go to at least twice. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, everybody knows their names. There doesn't seem to be, it seems to be only your main characters in the bar. Yeah. Here in the it's like, bar. <laughs> all we really know is there's a window. Yep. And it looks like shit. <clears throat> and they're pet friendly. Yep. Because they find a dog. Uh, yep. The dog's the coolest character in this film. Uh, the dog lives in the zone. 
Yep. And they just bring the dog back because it finds them. Then it's cute. Puppies cute just, Puppies just like, oh, humans, they were once here once too. Um, I, I wrote down um, that the film really relishes the moment. In a sense, like it... Fucking, a lot of what people talk about in this film and a lot of what we've read about this film involves, like, the concept of boredom. And I Because it's a long movie and it takes its time. There's a lot of lingering. For, some minutes last... Some shots last a minute. Some yeah. last four minutes. It's, yeah. And I... So, we covered Jean de Mont. Yeah. Uh, Trois, whatever fucking shit... Um, the full long title. Yeah, that's her address. Yeah, um, Jean Delmont uses boredom. I think I don't think this film uses boredom per se. Mm-hmm. I think it uses um, time in a way where you can really experience the emotion the characters um, are experiencing. Yeah, and I think that the long shots create this sort of uh, this way for you to not only feel immersed in the world but to just I I don't know take it all in like there's something I just don't want to call it boredom is what I'm trying to get at Mm -hmm. I I wasn't bored through this film those shots that were there uh, let you linger on what's happening right And, and I we talked about what Rian Johnson said about the film. Yeah. And um, it does allow you that time to digest it and start to question things yourself because the film doesn't give you anything. But it gives you that time. And I don't think that that's boredom necessarily. <clears throat> I think that that's a use of time um, just to sort of set a tone, set a, a stage. And it also allows the viewer that time. If it's fast-paced, you know, you almost need everything spoon-fed to you. When you have time to sort of let these thoughts being said resonate, and how, how much of this... Luxurating film. <clears throat> Say it again? Luxurating. Luxurating? Yes. Luxurating. <laughs> I've never heard that word. I'm going to get your word in the calendar. I'm going to get your <clears throat> dictionary. You're going to read the <laughs> goddamn dictionary. Dude, you ever read a dictionary? No. Um, we used to play this weird game in middle school. Uh, like our our teacher made us play this game, and like you had to come up with these words. <clears throat> I don't remember how the game was played, honestly, but you had to know words, and um, kids would like get real competitive about it, and yeah. would like read the dictionary. Yeah. Just to play it. Yeah. It was insane. Sounds, you know, sounds fun. Yeah. Don't make spit bubbles in your mouth. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, I, uh, so, I really questioned, like, why did the stalker, like, lay in the tall grass at the beginning? I don't know. He's tired. (laughs) He knows it's going to be a long journey. And he does this. He's done this before. But do you think there's, like, a love to it? He loves his own? Yeah, like, do you think he's, like, showing... He's, like, paying its respects 
Paying okay. his respects to the sun? I don't think so. I mean, there's like two parts where they straight up take naps. Yeah, I guess they're just. Yeah. Yeah. Energy. Yep. Um, they're there at least. Also, just beautiful shots. <clears throat> yeah. Also, here's some behind the scene things. Tarkovsky shot the film about three times. Yeah. First time, he shot all the outdoor scenes for over a year, but then the footage immediately, like, like interrogated or something. He didn't have it in the proper canister. Light got it and it got overexposed. Tarkovsky, it, it, you know, say what you want. He was just bad at storing film. Um. That's what that sounds like to me. Let me read this real quick. Um. Oh my God. Okay, the film had been shot in a new Kodak 5247 stock, and Soviet laboratories were not familiar with how to process that. Ah, so it just got ruined. Yep. Damn. Even before before the film stock found was discovered, the relationship between Tarkovsky and its first cinematographer, Georgi Werberg, had deteriorated. Mm. After that, after seeing the poorly developed material, he fired the, the cinematographer. He didn't want to even continue work on the film after that. Mm. The film has like several versions of it out there. Really? Yeah. That, that's interesting. What do you think? Uh, do you know anything about what version the like Criterion has? Um, I don't know. Because <clears throat> um, I am curious about right. these other versions. Oh, this is the the film contains 142 shots in 163 minutes with an average shot length of yeah more min a minute or four minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, so each shot yeah. is either one or four minutes. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I guess that's a way to make a film. That's the way. That's why we got the experience we got from the film, cause the shots last so <clears throat> long. It's weird to be like, why do you go in with a rule like that? Some filmmakers are that particular about what they want to shoot. That's, I want to know why. That, that's interesting to me. Like, why would you go... Each shot is either going to be a minute or four minutes. I have no idea. <clears throat> do you think that that was an editing tactic rather than, like, some planned thing? I think it was a planned thing. Really? I don't think it has anything to do with that. That's insane. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it, pl- it does have something to do with the editing, but I think that's also just how he wanted to shoot <clears> the film. Okay. Well, that's fascinating. Yep. Um, I mean, this is a remastered version of Criterion Lace. Yeah. Beautiful, though. Seriously. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, a little bit of, you know, digitization can kind of get a little fucky when you have, like, old film like this, but... It's also a 29 year old little like essay about the film. 29 minute okay, essay like, about what? the film. 29 year, a little 29 year old essay <laughs> did a video about this film. Uh, uh, by film critic Jeff Dyer. Okay. Who, uh, who's a novelist mm-hmm. who's written a, in a, like, I don't know, I don't know if he's a film critic actually. Yeah, he's a film critic and a novelist, Jeff Dyer, who wrote a book about this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, kind of, this is a, I think... It's apparently Offer C. Clark, famous science fiction author. Yeah. Said the fact that the daughter is telekinetic at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. 
is the one redeeming factor for the film for him. But he's like high, he's like like hard science fiction opera, and he seems to be. He doesn't, you know, it's a very nerdy dude. So, high science fiction. Hard science fiction. Yeah. No, it was like you were gonna say like high fashion. I was thinking of like how what they call Lord of the Rings fantasy high fantasy. Yeah, high stuff. fantasy. Yeah, I, that that too. Yeah, that's where my brain went when you said it. <clears throat> um, I, it was interesting too, like how was it? I think it was just the writer and then the wife that were speaking to the camera. Yeah. Um, the I mean the writer I guess was speaking to. The professor and yeah. stalker, but um, I don't think we're supposed to interpret the wife's monologue at the end to be speaking to the camera. Yeah, or like just her monologuing. Okay, just her talking. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know, man. Um, oh, the telephone. There's a working telephone there. Yeah, there's a that's a comic beat initially. It's kind of how it feels. The the writer least. picks up the phone. And then he like, no, since in the clinic and he hung it up and then like they realize, wait, <laughs> there's a telephone, it works. Yeah, <laughs> there's electricity here. And then the then the professor picks it up yeah. and has a discussion with a with a, uh, with a colleague who tells mm-hmm. him not to do it. Yeah. Not to blow the place up. So you realize this will destroy your career. And you're a loser. I can't wait for you to go to jail. And so you're just mad at me because of uh, I, I fucked your wife like thirty years, years ago. Yeah, same. What is going on? <clears throat> yeah, that was a weird bit. Uh, yeah, in this film, we learned a lot about him. And that's that I know. we we skipped all of this. We skipped this entirely. This is based off of a book. Yeah, it's a book called Roadside Picnic. <clears throat> yeah, which a Russian uh, novel. I'm actually interested in. Yeah. I'd like to look into that because there's like bits and pieces of this story that uh, don't necessarily make sense and um, God like it is it is interesting like when you can take a film or when you can take a book and turn it into a film that becomes its own fucking thing yep. we've been talking about this film and how great this film is and just completely skipped the fact that it was based off of a book and that that speaks levels yep. to what Tarkovsky did um, and I, this is my first Tarkovsky. Yep. And I, and this is a great first film to watch by him, I believe. Because now I'm just like, fuck, dude. Like, I'm, I'm interested. You have Criterion. <clears throat> I know. He has a lot of films on here. And also, warning, they're frequently pretty long, very uh, poetic, very beautiful looking. Uh-huh. And dirty and gross and grimy. And also, very slow. Uh-huh. He's a... He's a, he's a director that is considered one of the great directors of world cinema, but is also considered homework at times. Because <laughs> his films aren't easy to get through. What's world cinema? Just movies. Beyond Hollywood. Oh, yeah. That's world I, cinema. I, I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, um, so, I'm going to talk about the themes and interpretation segment on the Wikipedia page here. Okay. Um, it's like... The Themes and Interpretation segment on uh, the Wikipedia page says the film, you can interpret the film in many ways, but yeah, also it's, it's impossible to the, Sorry. to like give a definitive explanation for this movie. And I'm assuming Tarkovsky never gave one. 
No, he didn't. And neither. What about the writer of the book? Has there ever been like, when did the novel like? No, uh, there were. Those are like two brothers. That wrote the novel. Yeah. Um. Do you, Do you have anything about how long that novel was? It's a fuck. It's a philosophical science fiction novel from 1972. It is the most popular work by these brothers. Uh, it is. It doesn't really say how long it is on the Wikipedia page. Yeah. It does have an English translation, though. Yeah, I would assume. Uh, because of this movie, the word stalker is a part of the Russian language. Huh. It's like a whole word because of this film. I mean, because of this this novel and then the film and stuff like that. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> there is like a existential crisis of, yeah. it, it, of the film. Of the human, <clears throat> human nature and you can you trust your own human nature. Yeah. It's a big part of the film. And can you deal with the atrocities of humanity. Yeah. And, I, I mean, there's, I mean, of course, there's a billion ways you could take this, but you could look at the room as life. Yeah. You could look at that as life as a whole, and you can look at, like, what you do with your life. What you do with your life, what you do with life, and what you do with that life and its um, impact on humanity. Yeah. Um, and it also kind of just, hear me out on this one, kind of, and I'm talking this idea out to you live. Um, the stalker doesn't really do much, right? It doesn't really do anything beyond his job as a stalker, right? Yeah. So... There's this play in the monologue at the end when the wife talks about how like he probably was a stalker when they got together. Yeah, he says any Colonel Jailbird. Uh-huh. Her mom was like, "Don't marry him." Yeah, she's like, "I love him anyways." Like, um, so she knew it was gonna be a rough life if she got with him. Well, shout out to her. Yeah, she a real one. She a real yeah. ride or die. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. Or her stalker man. <laughs> but um, so the stalker doesn't do much, right? So there's this push. In this film, this film makes you tackle the idea of doing great good or potentially doing great evil. Yeah. And all of that, you know, circles back to its impact on humanity. Yeah. Right? Um, but that seems to be a lot of the focus that we put on the room is <clears throat> what it can do for humanity. Yeah. And there's this want, this like push, this. <clears throat> push to be definitively good or evil, right? So we have all this focus on it. There's this turmoil that we send ourselves through this journey to that room, this journey of life to do good or to do bad. Um, and ultimately, at the end of the day, like, what if you don't want to do that? Yeah. And there's the, the turmoil, the suffering that comes with that this focus that we have on being a good person or 
not being a bad person, the fear we have of being a bad person and the good person we strive to be to unreachable odds, we're, we're, we're forced into that journey and it's a hard, long process. And at the end, you don't know what you'll become, but also you end up becoming yourself. Yeah. Um, you you suffer this whole ordeal why when you could just not but there's this push on you there's this constant driver um, of things beyond you and your own like humanity of yourself your own selfhood these <clears throat> pressures placed on you to do that good or you know to risk it to do the evil um, or risk doing the good and becoming evil or or what have you and at the you know all of it is you're forced to continue moving forward with that <clears throat> goal being placed on you yeah right so um <clears throat> and nobody does it nobody fulfills that at the end of the day too like you see these people with these goals and these strives they never accomplish yeah as I was speaking you know uh, vicariously through the soccer um I don't know I'm, I'm like talking out my ass a little bit that's uh what would you give this film um <clears throat> real quick uh, before we before we go into that I have one more thing I wanted to bring up um how do you know if Lynch has ever talked about Tarkovsky I don't know because this does kind of give me like a you know, kind of a Twin Peaks sort of feel. A little less, you know, fantastical, but similar, eerie, unknown yeah. feeling. Um, I don't know. Just, just a thought. But I would, I would give this a five. This is a lovely... I, I didn't know what to expect from it, so I didn't know... Like, I didn't have anything I wanted from it. Uh, so watching it divulge in front of my face was very fascinating. Yeah. Um, I went into this with like no understanding. Yeah. Ultimately. I mean, um, directors that Lynch has praised include Fellini, mm-hmm. Jacques Tati, um, uh, yeah. Sunset Boulevard by Billy Wilder, and Rear Window by Hitchcock. But I don't know. I, think, I don't think he's ever said anything about Tartowski. Mm-hmm. Tartowski. Yeah. Russian names and Polish names are hard. Yeah. What about you? What would you give this shit? Mm, about a five. What kind of fucking rating would you give this fucking shit? I'd give about a five. Yeah. What would you give it? I said I already said I gave it a five. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> I give this movie a five. Oh shit. I, I genuinely, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it, it's a philosophical journey of a film, and there's no fucking resolution. <laughs> Nope. It, it's just meant to make you think a little bit. Yeah. I it's one of those things like I'm not even stuck up on the philosophical like quandaries of it. Yeah. I'm just like, fuck, there's so much like so much that's not given to you. I want to know what the fuck was in Tarkovsky's head and what was in the fucking authors of the novels' heads yeah. about this and what they ultimately meant and like it's lovely that we don't get that. Yep. It's left up to that interpretation. And you just, it's one of those things I assume every time you watch it, you think of it differently. 
Um, or in the novel's case, every time you read it, you think of it differently. Yeah. And I love that. I love media that can make you sort of think about your life um, as well. Um, which I think this film kind of inspires you to do. Yeah. And the, the, the story, I feel, <coughs> yep. inspires you to do. Um, <coughs> lovely film. I, I'm, I'm, I was actually really happy with this one. All right. Yeah. Well, next week, we're not into the podcast yet, but just a couple news teasers yeah yeah uh next week on the patreon Patreon. we're continuing our gada gada uh film series and then uh next next time when we do the regular podcast it will be a double feature of uh bergman films oh yeah aren't we going uh to the west what aren't we going back to the old west i don't know what you mean Oh, was that just a bit you were doing earlier? I thought you said we were going to watch Cowboys by Bergman. And I, was I didn't like, say that at all. In my head, I was like, I mean, I don't know if Bergman made Cowboys. I don't think, think he ever made a Western. <laughs> oh, okay, so we're not watching Tarp. We're not watching... Uh, I don't know what a Bergman Western would be like. <laughs> I'm into it, though. I'm, I'm down. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Who, who did... Uh... Shit, what's that film with love and hate? Who did that? Love and hate on the the fists. That's night of a lo- that's the night is a lonely hunter. The night of a lonely hunter. Who did that? Uh, Charles Lawton. Oh, okay. That's his only film. Only movie he oh. ever made. He was an actor general. <clears throat> oh, okay. That was a good film. It was a good film. Yeah. That's a good film. Besides yeah. that, that was his only one. Yeah. Seems like he could have done good. I, for whatever reason, in my head, I thought that was Bergman. I think that came out around whatever Bergman we watched last. I think it was around that. Oh, film yeah, yeah. In the list, so. Um, yeah, no, this, lovely, lovely, it, I, the, we didn't even talk about the switch back and forth from fucking color and sepia, like, that's yeah. so, that's so cool. Yeah. And, I, this was early on, so, like, I don't know, well, I mean, what's the fucking Wizard of Oz did it first, right? Like, yeah. they were the first to do it. Probably, uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe just be the big Hollywood example Yeah, the biggest, know. yeah. Wouldn't they make that shit? Wouldn't I always forget? Was it Yeah. 39. 39, okay. Damn, like a whole 20 years. Before this film? I don't think it was. Four, it was that's way more than 20. It's 40 years. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Uh, this film does. I will say, this film does not feel. Oh. Like a like a mid 80s, like a late 70s, early 80s film. Doesn't have that feel. No. Um, and you know what I say that and like I don't fucking know my 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 brain's really just I know Hollywood from that area from that era. Yeah. More so than anything else. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe I don't have yeah, whatever. It's a great film. Yeah. I was, here's some film news I want to talk about. <clears throat> yeah. Rob Zombie. Oh yeah. Trailer for Rob Zombie's latest film came out. You, did you watch the trailer? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I want to watch the trailer soon. It's a trip. It's a adaptation of the monsters. Yeah. And it's it's like a family comedy, that I have no interest in seeing. <coughs> I'm but actually. It's recommended to me. I'm probably not gonna go see. But I want I want to know if it's good. Like, what if zombies like just really good at the family comedy? And he's like the next great family comedy director. <laughs> yeah, like. Just Rob Zombie goes from whatever the fuck he does. The goriest horror. Yeah, just like, the grossest, 
fucking meanest horror movies. Just Gen X, gross, disgusting. He's a boomer, isn't he? I don't think he's a boomer. You think he's like a Gen Xer? Yeah, he's got big Gen X in You know he was. You know he was a like industrial metal guy in the nineties before he was a filmmaker, right? Bruh. Yeah. He was in White Zombie, and then he moved on to do his own thing. Okay. I know a lot about Rob Zombie. All right. I grew up with like a man. I'm fucking. I'm white trash, man. Shit. Yeah. I know Rob Zombie. Son of a bitch. Right, I guess he's technically boomer because he was born in '65. Yeah, but he was also yeah. He was also a carny, so he's like boomer-ish. He's like uh, yeah, alternative boomer. All right. Uh, this has been 2004. A podcast. (sighs) Yeah, I can't. Maybe edit out what happened. Alright, this bitch. That was us doing the edit noise. <clears throat> Alright, okay. this, this is good. It's been 2004 podcast. I'm Jay Ron Lord. I'm, I'm Bobby Lord. Goodbye. <laughs> With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.